In 2020, Democrats took full control of Washington. And it will give Democrats control of the Senate. Joe Biden has been elected. But Republicans stood up in the states. There was no blue wave. Democratic down-ballot disasters carried all the way to the state legislatures. Now, we're the last line of defense against the Democrats' socialist agenda. The ways we're fighting back are bigger than you think. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to It's Bigger Than You Think, a conversation about the politics that most impact our daily lives. I'm Amy Moore. I'm your host. And our guest today, I'm super excited about, it's Washington Secretary of State Kim Wyman. She's going to be talking about election reform, RSLC's Commission on Election Integrity, and uh, kind of everything in between. Super pumped you're here, Secretary. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, to kick off the conversation, um, could you provide a little bit of background information about RSLC's Commission? Mission on Election Integrity, you know, um, why, why it was formed and, you know, what we're hoping, hoping to accomplish with it. Oh, well, you know, I think it really came out of the aftermath of 2020. And that was a, a remarkable election for all secretaries of state across the country. A lot of uh, unusual circumstances with COVID and trying to figure out how to conduct it. And then, you know, obviously an emotional election after uh, after election day and, you know, a lot of lawsuits, a lot of misinformation and disinformation uh, coming from, you know, quite frankly, both sides of the aisle at times. And so, uh, I think a number of us started having conversations with the Republican secretaries of state, and we were trying to figure out how we could start, you know, kind of really doing a deep dive and what things worked in states and in our respective states, you know, what were the, um, what were the policies that were really effective in, in delivering voter services and providing that access and security that we really need in elections. And out of those conversations kind of came this idea of let's get together and let's formalize that and let's put it in a document so we can have a starting place for conversation. And I, I think that was really our intention from the beginning. That's awesome. There's a lot of states that are represented in, on the commission. Can you talk a little bit about the makeup? 25 states, I think, are represented with some of them blue, being blue states like your own. Um, why is it important to have so many different state leaders on board with this, with this project? Well, again, I think coming out of 2020, we had a lot of disinformation and misinformation spread. And, and I think we need to get back to the conversation of what are things that serve voters well? How are states balancing access and security well? And um, we have real examples across the country. And elections, while many people make them very partisan, and you know, I think people uh, on the left and the right talk in terms of voter fraud and voter suppression. Um, you know, what I was really hoping to get out of this was a conversation and a dialogue of how can we improve our elections and access to elections for all Americans and put in the security measures that inspire confidence. And, and so we knew that you can't just have it be a single party perspective, even though this is coming from Republican secretaries of state, that, that really those best practices come from all the states um, because states are the incubators of innovation and, and good ideas. And so that's, that's why, you know, we're not trying to make this a partisan thing. We're really trying to make it a, a best practices and how do we improve elections? Yeah, definitely love that. Um, I think it's super important to have input from both sides of the aisle when people from every walk of life are voting. So can you talk a little bit about the key principles for election reform and why they're so important? Well, ultimately, election administrators' jobs, and that would include secretaries of state, of course, is to inspire public confidence that the election was accurate and fair. And the way you do that is keeping um, access and um, 
security in balance. And really when either of those gets out of balance, that's when you hear the cries of voter fraud or voter suppression. So our job is to try to bring this sort of neutral perspective to inspire confidence across the board. And, and out of these conversations comes a quote that I think actually came from a now Lieutenant Governor uh, John Husted of, you know, elections officials job is to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. And that kind of came a, a catchphrase that I know a lot of us are using. Um, but, but ultimately that is our job and it, it's about inspiring confidence. Definitely appreciate everything that you guys are doing. So the commission, you guys have recently um, released best practices for election reform that make it easier to vote and harder to cheat, exactly like we were just talking about. Do you think people are going to be surprised that we have examples from blue states like Colorado, New York, your own state that are you know listed in the document? You know, I, I'm sure it will surprise a, a number of people. I think that the problem with election administration really since the 2000 election is um, campaigns have figured out that it's a really good way to attack the, the other side and to, to really politicize the administrative processes of election. And so, um, again, I, I think the, the strongest solutions to inspiring confidence come from bipartisan work and, and really both sides listening to the concerns of the other side and addressing them. I, I think the easy thing on the campaign side of, of our world is, uh, you know, these attacks, like I said, voter suppression, voter fraud, and they're easy bombs to throw. Um, the hard part is doing the work in a way that that inspires confidence. So, you know, I, I think it's important that we're showing some of those success stories in states like mine in Washington, where we've been really pioneers in vote by mail and, and same day registration, automatic voter registration, and being kind of on that front wave of some of those innovations. How do we do it? And, and what are the safeguards that we built in to make those um, secure. And that conversation is important and we should be doing it more instead of going down those, those partisan trails. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally. So as you've been working on state-centered election reform, kind of the elephant in the room is HR1. It's been moving through Congress. It got passed by the House, the Senate's, you know, talking about it. Um, since election reform is such a complicated issue, it's so nuanced, can you just kind of explain to listeners in the simplest way possible why HR1 is a bad bill and why you believe reforms actually need to happen at the state level. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think first and foremost, uh, as a almost 30 year election official, uh, Congress really didn't reach out to the election community. They didn't talk to state and local election officials, the people who are actually printing ballots and, and putting them in voters' hands and tabulating them what things needed to be changed or improved. They just wrote a bill. Um, I'm told by members of Congress that they that it was a, you know, a democratically crafted bill. So there wasn't really a lot of input or any input by Republican colleagues. And that's inherently, in my opinion, the problem with it foundationally. And I'm been in this industry long enough to know how uh, the Help America Vote Act was crafted. And in the House and the Senate, it was bipartisan. Uh, bipartisan sponsors, bipartisan input. And, and I wish we could get back to that level. I'm not sure we can, but I would like to think we could because that's really going to be in the best interest of Americans um, across the country. Um, then that secondary tier is it's an 800 page bill. And not only is it a long bill, it's a very prescriptive bill. Uh, they've put elements into this bill like telephone voting systems. Uh, I've, I've, again, been in elections for 28 years. I'm not aware of a single jurisdiction in the country that uses a telephone voter registration system. 
but that's prescribed in the bill as something we all have to implement. So, uh, you know, you start looking at those, that level of detail and you're codifying it in federal law, something that is going to be very difficult to change. It's going to make it impossible for states to have any kind of innovation or creative thought to, uh, to improve our voter processes and uh, elections. And, and that's the inherent, I think, uh, law in, in the bill itself. And then finally, uh, some of the, the prescriptive things like um, all states tabulation systems must uh, meet these new standards, the, the Voluntary Voting uh, Voting Standards Guide, the VBSG 2.0, that's very much in the weeds. And these are standards that the testing labs haven't even figured out how to test to. And the, the law requires it to be implemented by next year, next January, 2022. That's going to be a problem for every jurisdiction in the country. And if they can't certify their, their systems, they'll be decertified. So potentially we could be running elections next, uh, next year on decertified equipment. And again, that's not going to inspire voter confidence. So the bill has some pretty systemic uh, problems and we need to, to address them in a bipartisan way. Okay, so st still on the same topic of HR1, what do you say to anyone who says that those who oppose HR1 is racist? You know, I, I think it's just one more attempt to one, divide Americans, uh, two, to, you know, try to discount people that might have any kind of criticism by using a very inflammatory word that I find offensive as someone who's spent 28 years ensuring that every eligible person in my state has had the opportunity to register and vote and participate. Um, you know, so there, there's a part of me that that is offended, but at the same time, I also know that it, it's just one more political tactic. It's it's just easy to um, throw out identity politics and and just categorize people and and throw these uh, cast aspersions to paint us as being you know some sort of uh, awful people. And I say that as us because uh, during the the last campaign, you know, there were some ads that uh, that definitely went to the heart of that uh, against me and and my other colleagues that were running for um, Secretary of State. And it was very hard not to take that personally. But I, I'm also reminded of a very famous Margaret Thatcher quote where she said she always knew she was winning the argument when her opposition started making personal attacks. So, you know, I, I think that uh, they, they can't get us on substance. So it's going to be something that's inflammatory and personal and uh, degrading. And so we're just going to rise above it and we're going to keep having a conversation of what matters to most Americans. Some of the media, they've been kind of intrigued that you joined the commission since you are from a blue state. Why do you think your perspective is uh, uniquely important and what type of input were you able to provide the commission on mail-in and absentee ballots? Well, you know, what I found in 2020 that I'd never stopped to really think about um, in the Secretary of State Association, uh, the National Association of Secretaries of State, um, of all of the secretaries of state going into 2020, there were only two of us who'd actually conducted elections at the local level. And I'm the only one in the country that has actually conducted vote by mail elections and expanded absentee elections at the, the local and state level. So um, I think my perspective is just unique with that experience. And, um, you know, we talked to every state in the country uh, during 2020, trying to help them expand their absentee voting and build in the security measures to inspire confidence. And, and so I think that experience 
really is is relevant to this project. And um, because my state's been doing vote by mail elections for over 20 years, excuse me, for almost 10 years now, um, you know, we're uniquely positioned to to bring that perspective of, of the things that works, um, why they work, and the things that, that don't work as well, and you want to try to avoid, you know, the mistakes that we made in our state. And so um, we had decades to go from poll site voting with low absentee ballots to you know, full vote by mail, whereas some states last year had to do that in a matter of months. And I, I just think that there were a lot of lessons learned and, and we should be trying to figure out the best in those, those lessons, what, what are the best practices? And, and that, like I said, is the genesis for this document. And I, I think that Washington's experience and my experience were uniquely combined to really make it uh, uh, more representative. And so do you think that the American people may have changed their opinions on the importance of state officials like Secretary of State over the past year? I, I think the American people are now more aware of what we do. And uh, it was front and center for a lot of Americans. Uh, having been in, in elections for as long as I have, I, I remember the 2000 election and that was the year um, that I know many people listening to this probably don't even remember that election. But uh, that was the year that, that the public found out that there were punch cards and chads and, and the election officials actually counted ballots and no one had stopped to think about that. So do you get the sense that people think that your work is more important in light of what happened with last year? And like you specifically, you were you kind of like laid out the roadmap for um, a lot of people to kind of be able to vote safely during during COVID. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we saw it play out in a number of states, particularly the um, the swing states. They became ground zero for the arguments and the lawsuits and the focus of, of most Americans. And again, getting back to that public confidence, um, it, it's just so important that, that states have the ability to create and, and make good laws that serve their voters in their states. The secretaries of state are responsible to their voters and they stand for election every four years. Um, in some cases, every two years to uh, answer to their electorate. And it's, it's just, we've got to figure out a way that, that we remember that we're serving all of our voters and not just those voters in our, our respective parties. But, but I think Americans now know that the Secretary of State or the Chief Election Officer in each state is, is very important and does have an impact on how the public perceives the election. Do you, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our audience? You know, I, I think that uh, we need to just continue to, as secretaries of state, we need to continue to educate the public about the work that we do and our local election officials do every single day. Um, elections don't just happen once every four years. They're happening, you know, in some states, you know, multiple times a year. And uh, the more that we can kind of show that be transparent and show that process of how we safeguard America's vote, how we make it accessible, um, the more we're going to build that confidence back. And it's it's going to take time and it's going to take that, like I said, bipartisan efforts. Uh, we're going to have to work together with our state legislatures and, um, and, and not just have one party at the table. I think we're seeing that in Congress and we're seeing it in states across the country, in blue states and red states, where um, if, if you're in the majority, you don't need to talk to the other side and we're just going to drive whatever election laws forward. And that's great until your party's not in, in charge or when the public starts to lose confidence. And I, I think that uh, we, we've got to take a step back and, 
take a deep breath and pause and, and move forward in a, in a collaborative manner. And um, I think we can do that. Well, Secretary Wyman, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's so insightful and very interesting to hear about all of this from somebody who works on this issue um, literally every single day. So I want to thank everybody else for listening. And always remember that state politics are bigger than you think.